Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Today on NASCAR America, the Southern 500 is drawing closer, and so are the playoffs. Which drivers are desperate to get some momentum? Darlington is a track with so many challenges, you really can't get through them all in one simulator run. So today, we'll have two. NASCAR Fantasy Live players, listen up. Your favorite game is getting some new features for the playoffs. We'll have the details. And no cup race, no problem. Scan All Road America brings you the best sights and sounds from Saturday's Xfinity Series race. It's time to floor it. It's time for NASCAR America. Welcome to NASCAR America, presented by Mobile One. Krista Voda alongside drivers Parker Kligerman and Landon Castle and here Florida. in the studio. I know, this is what they were doing uh, as I was doing uh, that. We're uh, also joining us, I don't know if he's doing that from Burton's no. Garage. Our crew, or he's not. The answer is uh, no. Impressed. Our crew chief, Steve Wittart. <laughs> All right, I'm going to start with a question, you guys. Do you remember who won the Southern 500 last year? Anyone? Yes. Okay, you can I say remember. it. Denny Hamlin. Yes, very good. I know, well, I told you ooh, you couldn't say it. I thought I we weren't supposed to say it. I changed the rules. Okay. Oh. So was it, was, it was Denny Hamlin. In fact, uh, that was his last win in the Cup Series. So he's now gone 35 races since that victory last year on Labor Day weekend. Denny Hamlin trying to chase down Mark Trex Jr. Here's Hamlin. Truex is in the wall. Mark Truex Jr. is in the wall. And it's Hamlin going to the lead. Denny Hamlin looking for his second. Southern 500. Hamlin is going to win at Darlington. I could drive. Uh, we got the flying 11. It's flying. I'm really glad they didn't show his Victory Lane interview because he was interviewed by Madonna. Was, <laughs> I was dressed as Madonna. I'm yeah. like, this is going to come back to haunt me in the uh, archives someday uh, at the Southern 500. Denny, of course, just one of the big names who hasn't been to Victory Lane in 2018. Uh, so, guys, I'll start with you here. Are you surprised by the list of those in a drought? Well, you said it best. Would, little would they know, right? That, that was the shining beacon yeah. all the way through to now. And I think it is surprising because the list of drivers that we're talking about here went on to win 13 races last season. I mean, they dominate. They, they really filled up the calendar with wins. And now we're talking about a group of drivers who we would just expect to have been in victory lane by this time. And I think the biggest thing, though, is it's been who's winning. That's the problem. There's, it, no one's allowed these guys to win. They've all run up front at times. I look at Ryan Blaney, Brett Kozlowski, Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin, Jimmy Johnson. Those guys, I mean, that's drivers that we would assume have won by now. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you look at Kyle Larson, who's kind of led the uh, the charge in the Chevy camp this year. Um, <clears throat> and it's I, I can only imagine how the golfers through the Tiger Woods era felt that all finished second a bunch of times to Tiger Woods and thought, I could have had a bunch more wins. Kyle Larson probably feels similar, but... We'll see what happens, you know, this weekend. I think a guy like Denny Hamlin could come back and get that first win. 
Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, you know, when we look at some of these guys, I look at, like, Brat, who got his first win at March, right? I mean, you look at uh, Jimmy Johnson was winning earlier in the season. I mean, it's just like the weirdest thing to me is that we're so far into the season and we're still talking about these drivers right now in terms of not getting victory lane. And that, I don't know, I just find it odd. I just, I, that's what's what is so odd. When I was looking at these numbers, I was almost startled. Like, we were talking before the show to say, wow, I cannot believe how many wins these set of drivers had. And now we're sitting here talking about being winless going into the playoffs. Basically. And Steve, so many big names. That's the thing, too. It's not just a handful. It, it's really so many of the big names in the sport. Yeah, so many big names. The one advantage they have going for them, if there's ever such a thing as an advantage of going winless, is a win now would be twice as valuable, right? If they could somehow win in the playoffs or leading into the playoffs, I think that would be a wave that could carry them much farther in. You know, we saw last year guys win early and then kind of sputter out over the summer into the playoffs. No one wants to go winless, um, but it's hard when three guys are dominating the series the way that Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, and Martin Truex Jr. are dominating the series. So it's hard to get wins. I look at their most recent performance of someone like Jimmy Johnson. Um, it's hard to say they're making gains when you don't see him running up front leading laps. But you see Chase Elliott's improvement. I think that's going to trickle down to the seven-time champ. Jimmy Johnson, him and Chad Canals pictured right here. They know how to come back from struggles. They know how to fight through adversity. And it has been a rough year. But I have yet to see them turn on one another. I've yet to see them talk uh, as they were defeated. They sound like a group to me that can climb their way out. And if they do, we've seen it before. He won a championship. His seventh championship was probably without the best race car. He knows how to win races without the best race car. If they can find that same formula, I believe they can win this season. So, Steve, is he your most surprising winless driver? I mean, that's what I want to know because you're, you're going to talk about it. I have my own opinions on the 48, but I just want to know if that's your most surprising. Yeah, I mean, listen, he, he's, he's won 83 races, seven championships in multiple different formats at every type of racetrack you can imagine with different styles of race cars, with different styles of tires, with different rule packages. So, yes, Jimmy Johnson, when I look at this list, has surprised me the most just because of the career-long resume he brings to this list. I mean, you could say Kyle Larson's perhaps had the hottest hand of recent races, but Jimmy Johnson is an icon. Jimmy Johnson is one of three seven-time champions. Jimmy Johnson will be a first ballot Hall of Famer, zero doubt in my mind. So you have to be the most surprised that he has gone winless. So I have another one for you, Steve, because we know in this sport, timing is everything. And, and these teams that don't have a win yet this year, uh, there's some big organizations that have the resources to to take a run through the playoffs. So if you're a crew chief of one of these teams that doesn't have a win this year and you're banking on that peaking at the right time, what are you looking at? What does it take? Well, if I'm the crew chief of the 42 of Kyle Larson, I just need to get to Miami. I think that's a racetrack right now. If they unloaded at today, he could go win that race. That track suits his style better than any track we race at all year long, even perhaps with not the best race car. He knows how to make that speed up around the top of the racetrack. So their whole challenge is going to be to finding a way to Miami. If I'm someone like Brad Kozlowski, Team Penske, you know, I expect those guys to be championship contenders. But to do that, they're going to have to find something different. Their only win really out of the organization was Joey Logano's restrictor plate win. And I'm not going to discount what he did at Talladega. I mean, it's still a win, but that doesn't carry a lot of weight in the rest of the playoffs. Although we do have Talladega coming up, that's not the type of race that I would like to hang my playoff success and my playoff hopes on. And Steve, you brought up Brad Kozlowski. To me, 
that is my su most surprising winless driver, simply because of this team's ability to win at all different types of tracks. And I look at, you know, throughout the schedule, I see tracks that Brad is great at or Team Penske is great at, and therefore they allow themselves to get into victory lane. And that's why when I look at that team, to me, even more than a seven-time champ of Jimmy Johnson, that is surprising that they have not won this year. Well, there's only two more chances for drivers. I mean, again, a lot of those guys are above the cut line, but only two more chances for the drivers below to make the playoffs. And if a new winner below the cut line doesn't win Darlington or Indy, well, the playoff lineup is likely set and looks like this. Let's remind you the drivers who are in. As of now, you see the nine winners. Three are locked in on points. So that means four positions remain, I guess you could say, relatively liquid, although there's a 79-point gap between Alex Bowman and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. So, Steve, I'm going to start with you this time. With the bottom four, I guess, relatively comfortable, if you can use that word. What is the narrative for you? What's the storyline uh, heading into these next two races and then into the playoffs? It's back-to-back -back marquee events. There's no, no bigger opportunity to have a newfound momentum heading into the playoffs. We have seen time and time again, it's not the team that's the best all year. It's the team that can be the best in the playoffs. How you find your way to being the best, in my mind, is momentum. And when you think of the Southern 500 back-to-back -back with the Brickyard 400, if you could go out and win one, or what if you went back-to-back, -back, you perhaps might be the new championship favorite with only two race wins and three names on that playoff leaderboard really jump out at me. And that's the 11th, 12th, and 13th place drivers. And it's one from each manufacturer. And it's the 11 of Denny Hamlin, the 42 of Kyle Larson, and the two of Brad Kozlowski. You see him back there, no wins, just okay in the playoffs. Why two are locked in. We assume Denny's going to get locked in this weekend. They're the type of driver, while they are playing from behind because of their lack of performance, their lack of playoff points, I'm telling you, don't let any of those three all of a sudden get a hot hand. If they can ride that hot hand, if they can find that streak, that momentum, there's no telling how far into these playoffs it can carry. And remember, these playoffs are going to be like nothing we've ever seen. Not only does it have Talladega, it has the Charlotte Road Course. It's got to have a different flair, a different feel than years past. So, Steve, I like how you, you answered the question on the screen that says, who can generate momentum? And it's sort of a great blend from the conversation we were just having of people that have teams that have resources to peak at the right time. I'm going to change it a little bit to who needs to generate momentum because I think that that 78 team, our defending champion, is a team who needs to generate momentum. I think there's a lot of distractions in that camp right now at Furniture Row Racing. They've lost their one of their primary sponsors for next year. They're trying to figure out if they're going to re-sign their driver and the status of that team in the future and the relationship with Joe Gibbs Racing. So I think that's a team that really has to kind of dig in probably more than they've had to in the last few years where they've really been on a roll. They're going to have to dig in right now and find some momentum, find some continuity here to the end of the season. Well said, and I agree with you there. I'm going to kind of jump back to who can generate yep. momentum. I'm going to just follow the, you know, the graphic we have yeah, on yeah, the screen. Yeah, follow the direction. little That's TV fine. tip for you. No, anyway, yep. the, uh, the one I look at, and, and Steve alluded to it, that is Brad Kozlowski and the two team. I just look at this race team as thinking, you know, they had speed when we go to downforce tracks. They went to Bristol, a track I feel like he's one of the best at, and they were lost. I didn't even know the two car was there during that race. You know, so I look at that situation of saying, okay, they also went to Michigan. They finished second. All right, that's a downforce track. So now as we go into the playoffs, set of vastly different tracks haven't won this year it is key for this two car to find a bit of momentum as we go in these last two races of Darlington because a place that I feel like and Indy where it's a downforce track if they can bring speed and their ability to have strategy that he does with Paul Wolf so well then I really feel like that can propel them well into the playoffs who needs to generate momentum 
Back to your question. So, see, I just flipped yeah, it for yeah. you. Jimmy Johnson and the 48 team, they have to. I mean, you got to think that for the seven-time champ, this team is looking for any positivity. And we know that because when you've heard them in the last couple weeks, they felt positive for a guy like Jimmy Johnson who's won so many races and won seven, seven championships but is talking positive about top ten runs or maybe leading a couple laps on strategy like they did at Michigan. So, I think this team is looking and needs some momentum right now going into these playoffs if they want to find themselves making it out of that first round okay and I know we're talking about the fact Steve that, that it's going to be really hard for a driver outside the cut line to win now especially at Darlington you know a race that is it's based on legends it's the legends and the champions of the sport but we've seen you know a surprise winner in Regan Smith a few years ago just this past Sunday we saw Justin Haley win the race in Canada he's now moving on he advances into the next round because the truck series playoffs have already begun I was looking at the list as you were talking, Steve. Ryan Newman is below that cut line. Darlington is his favorite track. It would not be completely off the radar for Ryan Newman to win this weekend and just completely shake this whole thing up. Well, Krista, long shots only exist because they have one in the past, right? That's what makes a long shot happen. And, and we have seen it with Regan Smith at Darlington. We've seen it with Paul Menard at the Brickyard. So it is not impossible, unlikely perhaps, you're going to get a lot of great odds in Vegas if you want to bat outside the top 16. But if you're Alex Bowman or Jimmy Johnson close to the bottom of that cut line, you can't afford to be the 16th driver because that way if you do have a surprise winner, you're eliminated. The flip to all this about momentum and playoffs is this. This was the final off weekend of the Cup Series. This leads into a 12-week stretch for a championship. If you're the 18 of Kyle Busch or the 4 of Kevin Harvick, all these other teams feel like they have worked over the off weekend. Maybe they've caught up. We talk about the potential momentum available. Well, I can tell you if Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick go win the next two races, they have extinguished so many hopes and dreams in the garage area. I mean, they, they can basically – that yeah. can be the, the, the last move on the chessboard before we ever get to the playoffs. They can just take the morale out of every race team they go against. It's like popping a balloon. Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick, there's nothing they would want more. I mean, yes. you're just you know, chomping at the bit to be able to do that. All right, it was an off weekend for Monster Energy Cup Series teams, but that doesn't mean your television was free of racing. When we come back, a rare Scanall Xfinity Series edition. Do these drivers get as heated as their Sunday counterparts? The answer, next. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Scott Dixon and Alexander Rossi's duel for the title continues as IndyCar returns to the Great Northwest. Verizon IndyCar Series racing from Portland this Sunday at 3 Eastern on NBCSN. Beer, brats, cheese curds. Come on, guys. Got to give it up for that, right? Yeah. Three major reasons racing in Wisconsin is so beloved. Road America is another. With the Cup Series off, our Scan All producers put their focus on the Xfinity Series. Here's Scan All Road America. The NASCAR Xfinity Series is racing at Road America in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. So excited to have the Hall of Famer in the field today. Hi, uh, heroes. Good luck in there. Have some fun, bud. Guys, thanks for everything. Appreciate you. Chase is up there, spotting for it. Don't let him drive it in on you now. You need to get in here. Oh, I found your spot over here by the team. Roger, Roger. Thanks for the race car this week. I'll do my best to screw it up and make up for it. 45 laps of pure adrenaline ahead of us here. Get ready, ready. Green flag, green flag. If you with the 42, don't let him make you burn your stuff up. Good for it. A little contact there, we're gonna say that all day long. Does the 11 car have a spotter? 
Not helping my cause. I'm burning the rear tires off it on my own. My fault. Trouble down here in turn number three. Ryan Reed comes spinning out of the back. Got hooked in the layup rear. Killed. A wreck. I mean, just dumped. Another crash. Hold on to it. Hold your brake. Hold your brake. Center down your right side. I killed it. Just a chain reaction. Got a couple of cars out there with damage. Bill Elliott is one of them. Can't hardly say you'll have to help it get to Pit Road. Sure seems to be okay. All this stuff in here. Just got the hood bowed up on me. Off and running again. Might not get that top 15 we were looking for. Austin Cedric leads the way. I'm blowing up. Big, big puff of blue smoke here. Cedric has coasted to a halt while leading. No! But he just took his boat off the track. Seven car didn't do me any favors, did he? No, he wedged himself in there and then just kept pushing you to hit the gravel. The talented driver that you are went right through it like no problem. Just wanted to get some dirt track racing in. The nine is blowing up all over the track. There's oil everywhere. Brendan Gonslight's off the course. James Davison is off the course. Here goes Cole Custer through the gravel trap. Is there yellow or not? Yes, yellow is out. Full course yellow. Hang on to it, buddy. Hang on to it. Hang on to it. Hold it down. Box the brake. There's damn oil on the track in three. I just run over some of their shot? Where the f are we at? Everybody calm down. Just calm down. Up front, just an all guyer. There you go. Nice and smooth. Hit your marks. Just don't overdrive. And right now, Brendan Gaunt is trying to hang on. Oh, Gaunt locks it up. Oh, that's three. Whoa, not that way. Brendan Gaunt and Daniel Hemrick have gotten off course. Keep digging. Keep digging here. Chuck you out of teammate. Piece of I'm sorry, I got hit. With seven laps to go. You're going to have a little shootout. It's going to get wild. You know, going to have a smell top in now. Let's go. Right with you with the 19. That was a 19 when you get to one. Y'all just be ready if anything goes down. <laughs> Copy that. We got your back, brother. Side by side and physical for position number three. Patience has gone out the window. You know how they race. Go take care of that. You're fast these guys. Go get them. Tiff gets into the back of Bell. Money mouth. Money mouth. Tiff gets the position. All clear. Go, 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 go. The only toes here that turn each other in every corner here. The battle, Davison and Marks for the second spot. Side by side behind you here. Oh, and they both spin. Best car today, driver. Sorry, it's 100% on me. You guys are better than that. Hey, buddy, you're going for it. We're proud of you. And that's good news for Justin Allgaier. He's got a mile of open racetrack. Awesome job here, buddy. Nice and smooth, driving away here. Justin Allgaier takes the checkered flag. Heck of a job, boys. Big crew, thank you. Spotters, thank you. Team guys, y'all are awesome. You have no idea how much of an honor it is to drive this stuff. So thank you for that. All right, here's what you didn't see or hear at home. These two <laughs> sort of making their own comments. So I guess, take it away. What well, was us? Nick Harrison, out? who's the crew chief oh, on the three best car. Guy ever. Well, you were, you yeah, worked with my crew chief, yes. Asking, where are we? On the uh, racetrack. <laughs> no idea where they're at on the racetrack. And then I also, I love the uh, the spotter of the 11 instigating the driver after getting spun out. Remember, that was a 19 yeah. when you get to him. Yeah, when you get to him. <laughs> yeah, which he had a pretty handy 360, which yeah. I think was his second one of the race, yes. too. Yeah. So, you could that see was awesome. A, you could see the crescendo as the race goes on yeah. and uh, that, that's uh, the excitement of road course race. a lot <laughs> happens on a four mile road course including losing your car I mean obviously it was Justin's day Justin Algar gets the win and he was talking to some of his fans last night on Instagram he was asked about possibly returning to the Cup Series here's what he said 
in a heartbeat. Um, I have a lot of unfinished business that I'd like to take care of on the cup side. Um, but it had to be the right opportunity with the right team, the right situation. I'm having a blast right now with Junior Motorsports, and, and I don't want to do anything to jeopardize that. So, Steve, your thoughts? Well, so I'm the wrong guy to ask because, in my opinion, if, if I ran the world, I would put some age limits in place and force some of these guys to run multiple years in the Xfinity Series because I like to have stars in the Xfinity Series, and that's what – Justin Allgaier has become this year is a star. He has done it on the racetrack, which has made him a star off the racetrack. Does he deserve a shot in cup? Well, absolutely. It's the feeder series. And you heard him. If he has the right opportunity, perhaps he'll get that shot. But I will say that racing from Saturday to Sunday, from everything I've seen over my years, is a major, major step. We see the struggle of Daniel Suarez. We've seen the struggle of William Byron. Uh, we saw the early struggle of Chase Elliott. So while what Justin Allgaier is doing this year are career numbers, they are impressive and he deserves the accolades. It is a big step on Sunday. And when he says the right equipment, there are only a handful of teams that I consider to be the right equipment. Exactly, Steve. And that's where I was going to go with it. The right equipment. That is the part here for Justin Algar that you really need to focus on. Because remember, he spent two years there doing the back end of the cup field thing and trying to figure that out. And I know being a friend of his and speaking to him often about it, he was not enjoying that. And he loved the opportunity to go back to the Xfinity Series and get in winning equipment and be able to go win races. And so I think for someone in his position, yes, he would love the opportunity to go to the cup series. But he is not going to jeopardize a chance at winning races and winning a championship in the Xfinity series for that chance to go just run 25th and cup it doesn't make sense to him and for a guy who has that rare opportunity who has a sponsor following him who backs him to be in the x Men series and i don't see a reason why he would take that risk going to the cup series yeah and his sponsor has been has contributed a ton to this sport and has followed him for a long time but they're they're a type of sponsor that likes to be on the car for a big portion of the season and for for justin to have an opportunity at a championship caliber cup team that sponsor might have to take a back seat and run uh five six seven ten races um so it's going to take manufacturer backing um and and big corporate sponsorship for for something like that to be funded uh but I, i'm sure there's a lot of these team owners would would love to have justin if they had that kind of uh support and i've been talking to justin a little bit and i asked him you know maybe like you know is there any sort of talk out there and that sort of thing and he i think it, it hasn't come but i think a lot of people understand that he's in such a unique position to be where he is, being able to win races and fight for a championship compared to having to take, I, I think in a lot of ways he looks at it and some others would take a step down to go to a back-end cup car that's not really going to allow him to win races and fight for a championship. Yeah, he said he loves where he's at, loves Junior Motorsports and his sponsor. You mentioned Brandt. have done a ton yes. uh, for the Xfinity Series for sure. Okay, coming up, we will turn our attention to Darlington. What kind of eye candy will we see? Will your favorite driver, maybe from your childhood, have a look out on the track? We'll talk about that next. The 90s. Now, the 90s saw the birth of grunge rock. Plaid was popular way before Rutledge started wearing it. The kids lined up to get a Game Boy, while a show about nothing turned out to be something indeed. The box office turned out Titanic hits like Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump, and Jurassic Park. But I have seen Shawshank Redemption about 30 times. And in sports, the Chicago Bulls scored six NBA titles. And Jeff Gordon tamed Darlington over and over again.
I love hearing Ken Squire talk about a Game Boy. It's NASCAR's official throwback weekend. This year, a bit different. No specific era being represented like in the three years past. But this year, legends from all seven decades of Darlington's history will be honored. One of those, of course, the winningest driver in Southern 500 history. Many say it's one man chasing one chance for one race for one million. How much is a million? Well, a thousand times a thousand. One more lap around. Burton goes to the inside. They touch. They pump. This is the last lap of the race, folks. Farts fly side by side coming into the corner, but Gordon drives it faster. Jeff Gordon down to the inside, heading for $1 million. Jeff Burton will make a challenge off the corner, onto the straightaway. Unbelievable. I should have never won that race, Jerry, but uh, Jeff, a million dollars. Come on, buddy. What'd you expect me to do, man? <laughs> Running for that kind of money, you kind of expected the sparks to fly. I'll tell you, it's been a long time since we've seen that kind of finish at Darlington or anywhere else in this business. Steve, you were a part of that team, right? Tire specialist in 1997? I do. That's uh, one of the victory lane pictures I have hanging in my office. That was a day that I will remember forever. Um, you know, he, Jeff had done so much behind the wheel, but the chance to win the million dollars, only Bill Elliott had done it in the past. It had so much history behind it. We were determined to give it our best effort, and he did a great job behind the wheel. Funny story now, though, is Jeff Burton and I have relived that finish multiple times, and Jeff Burton felt like he had the best car, which he did. So uh, it's, been, it's been some fun, maybe I'll call them heated conversations about what happened at the end of that race, but I smile every time I see the highlights. Do you feel like this weekend in Darlington, then you and Jeff may, you and Jeff Burton may have that conversation again? Chances are well, high? For sure, because I'm going to bring it up at least five or six times. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, so I there's he, no doubt. I think he kind of handed it to you guys. I mean, Landon was just saying, you know, he, he could have so, forced the issue into one. I'm just saying. So, Parker, the truth is Jeff Burton says that he let us go into one because he knew he was faster. He was going to pass us off, too. But what he didn't take into account is running so low on the front stretch, he got junk all over his tires and uh, then just pushed through one and two, and we were gone. So that's see, the I can, I can inside tell you scoop for the driver. This what, what oh, yes. Just showed. <laughs> corner by corner, lap by lap. <laughs> you tire by this tire. Conversation. Well, let's that's go ahead funny. and talk about some of the paint schemes, those throwback paint schemes that we're going to see this weekend. Um, and William Byron, who... Is drives the 24. The 24. Uh, it looks very familiar, of course, to, to Jeff Gordon's scheme. rainbow paint scheme. That is awesome. Yeah, this is a good one. I remember watching that race when I was a kid. This will be yeah. one where if you're sitting in the crowd, you look at that and think, that looks so much like Jeff Gordon's mm -hmm. car. Well, yeah, they get an A for actually doing the paint scheme that was the paint scheme back in the day. So I think as we've seen with some of the other ones, they might be getting a little creative right. uh, license a little yeah, bit. But this one, they went liberty. directly for the same paint scheme. See, so this that. one might be tough for you when you're calling the race and stuff to not feel like that's Jeff Gordon out there. Well, and what I love even more is when we see throwback paint schemes that involve the same sponsor. You know, Exalta is basically a division of what was DuPont. We've seen that in the past. And there are a bunch of them in the field today or in this weekend. The 43 of, of Bubba Wallace has an STP scheme. And, I, Parker, I know you love the 18 scheme this weekend. You've mentioned it a couple times. You, I didn't realize you were such a big Ernie Irvin fan, but I think Ernie and Kyle Busch are lined up. I mean, what a great combination. I just love Skittles. So <laughs> I'm just a big candy yeah. fan. So. Well, I, and I, I love how um, the 18 in particular and the 22 as well, uh, they're involving Ernie Irvin and Steve Park, who were the drivers of those cars. They're, they're part of the program this weekend. Yeah. So, you know, those guys have been a part of the activation leading up to 
the promotion of it all, those guys will be at the racetrack. I, I like physically involving the drivers. The drivers. Yeah, yeah. Honor, really honoring the, the drivers that paved the way for us to have what we have today. And uh, here's what's agreed. cool. Kyle, Kyle Busch and Joey Logano, along with David Reagan, those are going to be our driver guests on Fan Friday. We're going to talk about okay. Fan Friday oh. coming up a little bit. But if you like these paint schemes, that's who's going to join us uh, from yep. the racetrack, from the pit box on Friday. And David Reagan's was pretty cool. As well. yeah. It is. Because it's yeah. an ode to one of our coworkers. I know. We're going to talk. We don't, I, I think we've got one uh, before that. We want to talk Jimmy Johnson. Why do you care? Why should you like Jimmy Johnson's paint scheme? Steve, you'll remember this, too. I feel like we're kind of Hendrick Motorsports uh, focused right now. This is um, really the paint scheme that Jimmy won the Southern 500 with in 2012, which was Hendrick Motorsports' 200th Cup win, right? Yeah, and if the people on Twitter are right, and Twitter's always right, <laughs> Jimmy should win by a lap because I've heard a thousand suggestions of going back to the white and black paint scheme. That was going to fix all of the 48's woes this year, so we'll see if it happens. But I do love that, um, you know, you talk about seven decades. Well, it was only a handful of years ago, but it's still the history for the 48 team at Hendrick Motorsports, a very historic win they're reliving it. And I agree with you guys. The fact that the older drivers, everybody involved, um, it's a great weekend for all of us to really pay tribute to the people that paved the way to allow all of us to make a career in the sport. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned David Reagan, just so I don't jip him on oh, time. Yes, I think we've yep. got to go to break. But he's running uh, Dale Jarrett's paint scheme from DJ's first win yes, in yep. 1991. And that Sitco scheme, that is one of my favorite all-time schemes. I, I love that one. Awesome. So awesome. It's going to be hard to pick favorites. Yeah, right? you can see the cars in the background in the Hall of Fame there, too. It's a good-looking car. <laughs> I know. So, <laughs> so, and Krista, I just want a little liberty when I when I hesitate calling the drivers. Yes. You guys got to give me a little bit of slack on the paint schemes this weekend. I, I do agree. the same thing. I, if yeah. I'm down in the garage oh. and I'm working the practice and you're like, who am I getting ready to talk to? You guys because have all your car... cheat sheets ready so you oh, can ed to. fully educate and all I, of the schemes. I keep saying this, but I learned so much about the history of the sport from these paint schemes. Stuff I never th knew, or I know the paint scheme, but I didn't know the story behind it and that sort of thing. So I just think it's an overall cool experience. Yeah, absolutely. All right, coming up, you guys are going to get busy because oh, Parker yes. and Landon make their first trip, the first of two trips to the simulator today. We'll also have a sneak peek and listen from the latest Dale Jr. download with special guest Casey Kane. Stay tuned. Live from the Michigan International Speedway, we told you Kyle Petty, Jeff Burton, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. were surprising fans knocking on doors in the what end does, stuff what in here. What does the man say at the yeah. counter when you bring all this up here? Where's the party at? Yeah. <laughs> man, they got oh, the there's flag. a bus. We got the, I feel like I'm in a Mardi Gras parade. I was going to say. We're going to call a race from here. This has gotten out of hand pretty yes. quick. But Junior should go sign the bus, right? I'm signing the bus. Oh, Junior, hey, there we go. There we go. Junior I'm on the same page, man. This guy right here is a huge Richard Petty fan. I'm a huge Richard Petty fan. We got something in common. Yeah. That's the Flintstones right there, baby. That's the Flintstones. See how I did it? Burton, spot for me. Oh, spot God. for me. Well, people don't understand what race fans do on a weekend is they all get together yeah. and just have a big party. Then they watch a race. That's the last thing that happens. Yeah. Thank you guys Great for being race people. fans. Thank you guys, Thank you guys, for, guys coming. for coming, man. <laughs> and if you're heading to Darlington, get there early because Fan Friday is back. This Friday, 5 Eastern, our team will be live at the track looking for some of Darlington's biggest fans and we'll be joined by Joey Logano, Kyle Busch, and David Reagan. Going to be a lot of fun. Dale Earnhardt Jr., of course, a big part, as you saw, of Fan Friday. Today, Jr. spent some time speaking to the employees here at NBC Sports. He told some stories about his first season in the booth and reminded those who cover, like, football and hockey, whose seasons are getting ready to begin, that NASCAR's playoffs are going to be intense. Of course, he also spent some time this week with the Dale Jr. download. His guest, 
Casey Kane. I mentioned how that you made the decision to step out of the cup cars uh, full time. Is it is it something that you know? You, I've, I think I read in some articles where you said you you spent quite a bit of time thinking about this. Really, I, I've been thinking about it for a long time. I've uh, I've loved what I have done in Cup and and to be part of it for so long and to have something to look forward to every single week. Like I've enjoyed that side of it to always have something to look forward to. And I still have a lot of that, you know, like I still look forward to going to these races every week. The problem that that got me is two things. One is I've been like in my mind, like a hundred percent about cup cars and thinking about them and working with my team and thinking about the cars and the driving and just how to get better since I started. And I think that's how you have to be. The problem is the last three years, I haven't had the results, whether it was practice, whether it was qualifying, whether it was race, that I had the first 12 years of my career. So that got really difficult for me to just never really have that. And so actually towards the end of the Hendrick deal, I was thinking, man, like maybe it should be, you know, maybe I should do something different or or slow down at this point too. And then I got the, the chance with LFR. And I was like, you know, a small team, something new, fresh, so much different. Like, give that a give that a go. So I've still had a, a great feeling all season long, but still haven't got quite to the performance where I'd want either and just decided that it was time. So, I, so I'd been thinking about it a while. And, you know, um, I'm glad now that I've actually made that decision. I felt really good about it, it since you. I did it. Yeah. And uh, really looking forward to doing other things, other opportunities. Uh, if I could run a couple cup races – I would, yeah, for sure. Um, Xfinity races, like I would do a little bit for sure, but I, I just don't want to do much more than that. It was reported that SHR actually reached out to you, you know, right. for for the forty one car or something. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, I had uh, actually counting LFR, you know, four different opportunities of of just talking. You know, there was there was no deals put on the table or anything like that, but just had talked to to those groups, and and I thought that was. It's very cool, but I don't want to do it full time. And unless my mind changed after next year, and then I got some crazy opportunity two years down the road, I, I don't really, I don't see myself doing that at is that, all. So. Is that all because of the last two or three years from a competition or performance standpoint, or is that are you, are have you learned a lot more about yourself since the relief of announcing that that you just don't want to? <laughs> no, I think it's just the competition, and I think it's. Uh, what I put into it and to, you know, and, and I, and I'm not saying I'm the only one. I know everybody puts a lot into it and it's probably, they put everything that they have into it, but that's just how I've been in my career. And that's how I felt. And when I used to run really, really well throughout a full weekend or just practice, you know, whenever that was all weekend long win races and things, I felt great about that, putting all that time in. And in the last three years, I haven't felt very good about it. You know, just when I would get home on Mondays and luckily I've had Tanner to, to make my weekdays really easy and, and nice, you know, and, and kind of forget about that last weekend where we didn't do what we wanted. But whenever you're doing something different, you always have in the back of your mind, like, man, I got, you know, practice in two days or I got an appearance in a day or I have this. So you can never really just get away from <laughs> yeah. it and just enjoy whether you're out on, like, out with friends, out with Tanner on vacation, like you can never get away from it. Mm-hmm. 
So just a little bit of what you'll see in here on Thursday's Dale Jr. Download. Steve, you had to make the decision to step off the pit box. Uh, I can imagine you can relate to a lot of what Casey was saying there. Exactly. I mean, what I heard from Casey is a lot what I battled with in my own mind, which is I love to race. He loves to race. But what is required to compete at the top level from February to November is is an outstanding amount of effort. And the entire garage gives it. And what I hear from Casey and the conversations I've had with Casey is, is he's not done racing. He's just done being committed to one series for 36 weeks. He owns sprint car teams. I would be shocked to not see him in the sprint car a bunch. Uh, we see a lot of turnover throughout the year, whether it's from injury or other issues in the Xfinity Series and in the Cup Series. You're talking a, a very talented, still young race car driver who will be available on the sidelines. So I don't think we're done hearing or seeing from Casey Kane. I like how he put it. He's just done committing for 36 weeks. He has other priorities, same as myself. I had to decide it was time to uh, perhaps give back to some people that have given to me for most of my career. Yeah, and you can hear more of Casey and Dale Jr.'s conversation. The Dale Jr. Download airs here on NBCSN Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. Okay, it's time to get out on the track. Parker and Landon are over at the simulator. So, guys, what is the key today? What are you guys doing? What are we focusing on? All right, Krista. So, Landon's in the sim. I'm outside. And, Landon, what are we going to do here? We are going to do a restart where Landon is on new tires and the rest of the field is on old tires. Imagine your crew chief had been so smart, maybe it was Steve Latart, and he had saved you an extra set of tires late in the race. And we're going to show you how important tires are, are at, Dal at Darlington. So, Landon, take it away here. What are we, what are we coming yeah, to? Yeah, well, I'm looking for, this, uh, looking for the leader to get to the restart line. Yep, here we go. And I'm um, just kind of chomping at the bit here. I've got a, hopefully a little better acceleration than the guys around me. He still got beat. <laughs> yeah, I'm still getting well, beat. It, Driving you know, too conservatively. Beat. A little too conservative, but you should be able to go a lot faster. And there you go. Now you yep. start to see the difference. Oh, oh and no, I got wrecked. wrecked. Let oh. wrecked it. Oh. And that's the risk. <laughs> that's you what happens. You new tires. I, I think the guy on the ice outside of me just... His tires were so old, he got loose into the corner and turned me. And you and I were joking before this, that could happen because exactly. it's That's so hard to restart on and old that, tires. And that can be the risk of getting yourself off sequence, too. I mean, if you restart in the middle of the field, Let's restart and put some new tires on this Yeah, thing let's anyways. show them how fast this thing can go. Oh, on boy. New tires. I think that's what you need to get in the car. <laughs> we'll, we'll do that in a where's little the bit. Where's the rest of the field? Oh, they'll they're come around the eventually. Yep. But, and I think that's the thing we need to stress is that, you know, when you're on off strategy like that in a place that wears tires, I think fans sometimes wonder, why don't you take the risk? Why don't you do it? That's why. Like, what happened right there is what can happen when you're the car start restarting old tires versus a car coming so fast like yourself. The discrepancy in speed is sometimes just huge. Yeah, exactly. I think they're coming off of uh, turn two here. L look at this entry to turn three and how you kind of like enter high. You got to slide all the way up against the wall. We talk about this Darlington stripe here. You just got hit the wall a little bit on my all lap. <laughs> and and, and it, as you as the run goes on and those tires get older and older, you got to start lifting early and earlier. And you lift all the way back in here and you try to accelerate up through here. But if you got old tires, you, you're not going to be able to hardly touch the throttle at all. And it's amazing how much you slow down and how much you actually start to just find yourself, you know, sliding, four-wheel slides. It's like it, the car just gets greasier, the track gets greasier, and you just don't have the ability to run as much speed to the corner as you would before. We're, so, all right, so they're all still tired now. One more try. So here. let's try it again. I'm kind of like cold trickle here. I'm coming right up to speed. Yeah, I'm the restart. So they're going as hard as they can now into turn one. I'm going to show you how much faster you are. Yep. And I'm going to try not to wreck this time. That'd be good. I'm use the apron just a little bit because I want to give myself a little extra room. And now this is where you gobble them up. Set yep. in the corner, right here. Right. Sometimes yep. they'll turn off 
use the apron on exit. You can do that. Oh, you see him getting yeah. These guys, yeah, these guys, guys look a little squirrely. And there's an apron down here that I'm going to use too. I love this line in the race. I'm going to be a bottom feeder on Sunday night, pretty much most of the night. You can see I just drove right around these guys, almost at 80% effort. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, that's the thing. They look like they're not even trying. You're on old tires. You're on new tires. This is how different it can be. All right. So you know what? You kind of failed this test. <laughs> Hang on, look at this. That. I'm driving up pretty good. You're doing well now, but you know you had one shot at it in real racing, <laughs> so you got a reset button in this. All right, so what we're going to do, we're going to come back in the next segment on NASCAR America. We're going to flip the script. I'm going to get in the simulator. I'm going to be on the old tires. The rest of the field is going to be on the new tires, and maybe I won't wreck it. Stay tuned. That's right, NASCAR pays tribute to seven decades of racing and the legends that made them special at the track too tough to tame. Don't miss the Southern 500 at Darlington Sunday, 6 Eastern on NBCSN. Of course, our weekend coverage starts much earlier than that with Cup and Xfinity practices plus Fan Friday live from Darlington on Friday. Then Saturday, the Xfinity Series goes racing over on NBC. Sunday here on NBCSN, NASCAR America gets you set for the Southern 500 starting at 5 Eastern. Of course, by Sunday's race, the maintenance crew at Darlington will have already been out late into the morning hours repainting the walls from the Darlington stripes given out on Friday and Saturday, which leads us back to Parker and Landon. Parker is now in the simulator. And they repainted the walls in yeah. the sim for yeah. you. Yeah. 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 Now, Parker, reset. if I had Steve Letarte who saved me a set of tires, who, what crew chief would have left you out on a set of tires? Because you're restarting one, and they all got stickers behind you. Maybe Kyle Petty if he was crew chief, <laughs> or some evil one. So we get the green here in a second. We're going to get the green. A lot of wheel it, spin. It's pot. Wow. <laughs> it is actually really hard to get the and throttle down. And split of three wide, probably. I mean, and this is one. where you're just hanging on for dear life. You're praying that they don't go around you everywhere. Your spotter's saying three wide in the middle at times. And Len, you know this is like a scary place to be. And sometimes yep. you just get out of the way. Oh, yep. I'm forced up the track. That, it's a, it is scary to be in that outside lane off a of turn two, but sometimes that's the best place to be because there's more room on the bottom and you can just let people go down on the bottom. I've been, I've been hung out in this place oh. with old tires before. I got one on the outside of me. I'm causing a wreck behind me, and that's what happens. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like a moving chicane. I'm in the way. Right? Exactly. I'm exactly. not slow compared to some of these guys. So that's the, the ricks you run, and you're just not going to be able to keep up with them at all. Yeah, that's the risk going to be hitting the wall right here in the oh, middle yeah. of the corner. I'm struggling up here. <laughs> Yeah, keep it up top. You got one coming inside See, now, here. And that's, you got to give them some room. And that's the scary part. You can't turn down there. So then yep. you're, you're forced up, and you're just trying to do your best to get out of the way while keep the track position that your crew chief has some reason put you out in front of everyone like this. And you're now saying, okay, well, I hope there's something to pay off here because I'm about to wreck every corner. I got a guy on the outside again. Maybe I'll just let him go because at this point, what am I going to do? I'm not going to fight him. There's no way. Oh, man, this is tough. This is tough stuff. This, yeah, you don't want to be here. They're pretty much eating your lunch right now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and look at this. It's just like they're going by me like I'm sitting still, and that I'm trying as hard as I can, and it's not able to keep up. I think they're actually being pretty nice to you, too. Well, I know, but they, they haven't hit me at least. Yeah, you that found that nice bottom thing. lane, though. That's kind of a safe, safe spot here as long as you don't slide up into them. Well, and what we've learned here, Krista... Basically, don't have an evil crew chief that leaves you out of old tires at Darlington. Yeah, but with so many pit stops, running out of tires could really happen. I mean, this could be a situation a driver faces. It could be, but let's just hope for their sake that there isn't, So, <laughs> in their terms. 
Oh, I'm getting hit again. <laughs> All right, I don't know how long we're going to leave Parker out there, but it's kind <laughs> yeah, of entertaining. That's brutal. <laughs> All right, coming up, get ready to follow the playoffs closer than ever before. NASCAR Fantasy Live is getting an upgrade for the postseason. Ooh, a makeover. We're going to reveal some of the game's new features when we come back. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Dale Yarborough, he's driving all out, and he's out to get that lead. Yarborough's trying to pass. And those boys are in trouble. Dale Yarborough's over the wall. Oh! Oh! I looked out of the left side window, and I saw grass down there. Yarborough right out of the racetrack. I said, well, there's no grass on that racetrack, so I knew I was in trouble. We could just see his car tumbling end over end, and that's the last we've seen of it. Here is the unbelievable word, Roger. Carol Yarborough has been brought back inside the track, and he is okay. It felt about like uh, those astronauts been up space eight days. It felt about like eight days I was up there, too. New definition for tough, by the oh, way. Wow. And yeah. Darlington, there was nobody better than the Silver Fox, David Pearson. His first of 10 Darlington wins came in the 1968 Rebel 400. You can learn more about that race in an all-new episode of Glory Road with Ray Evernham coming up next, right after we're done. And with the Cup Series back in action this week, that means we have got to figure out our fantasy teams once again. Starting in Vegas, NASCAR Fantasy Live goes all in for the playoffs. Steve, a few new twists for players during the last 10 races? Yeah, Chris, there's going to be some tweaks to the game for the playoffs, that final run to a championship in Miami, and it starts right away with your starters. Instead of having five drivers on your starting roster, you can only have four. And the tweak... Two drivers have to be in the playoffs, two drivers not in the playoffs. So think about this, as drivers are eliminated, get sent back to general population, they're no longer eligible as playoff drivers. So you're gonna have a smaller pool to pick from as the playoffs continue. Okay, still a garage driver. You do, you still get to have a garage driver. Same rules apply, you put him in by the end of stage two. The only difference is, if you're gonna replace a playoff driver, you have to have a playoff driver in your garage. So some strategy early in the week is gonna come into play on who you think should be on the bench or in your garage for the start of the race. Okay, and what about, I mean, I'm hearing the champion is the, is the interesting part because you're not picking the champion, obviously, going into Homestead, right? That wouldn't be fair. Well, that's not fair, Krista, because then you only have to pick it out of four. So the bonus picks still exist. You get to pick a poll winner, stage one, stage two, race winner, race manufacturer every single week. The big difference, though, is before the green flag at Las Vegas, before race one, you're going to have to go way out on that limb and figure out which one of those 16 drivers is going to be the champion in Homestead. That is how the points are going to be awarded. The other cool thing, though, is that they reset. The leagues all reset. So, Parker, if you don't like the league you're in or you want to be in a different league, maybe you and I can start up a league. That's perfect because I'm, like, dead last in my last <laughs> league. So I need a new one, definitely. Yeah, same thing. I, I'm dead last in the, the Nasser NBC League. So this is great. When the playoffs start, get your new leagues ready. Hit the reset button. That's all for NASCAR America. For all of your NASCAR news, log on to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR. Tomorrow, Wednesday with Dale Jr. at 5 p.m. Eastern, Daniel Suarez will be his guest. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. 
Dietz & Watson. It's a family thing since 1939.